This episode of Talk Fitness is in partnership with The Vitamin Shop, where knowledgeable health enthusiasts are standing by to help you thrive every day. So glad you're listening to Talk Fitness today. If you are looking for a book, ladies out there, that is going to give you everything you need to build the ultimate female body. I have got the book for you. It is Thinner, Leaner, Stronger, The Simple Science of Building the Ultimate Female Body. It is by Michael Matthews, who joins us now. Hey, Michael. Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. I have to say, Michael, I'm super impressed. I mean, I get about four to six books a week. And when I got your book, I thought, holy cow, you cover everything. It's really impressive. You start out in the book, you've got these amazing before and after pictures. You have your own, I like this, not very impressive, something had to change, picture of you into, uh, wow, you are stunningly handsome and ripped and strong and fit. Talk to us about your uh, evolution. And then I want to talk about the women out there and what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started lifting weights. I got into it when I was like probably, I think I was 17, turning 18. So I grew up playing sports. I played a lot of hockey. And when I stopped playing hockey, I wanted to continue doing something with my body. And honestly, I mean, I was 17. I was like, mm, I like girls and girls like muscles. So I'm just going to start doing that. <laughs> um, and yeah. so that's, that's how I got into it. And I didn't, in the beginning, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just picked up some bodybuilding magazines and did, you know, whatever kind of workouts were in those magazines. And it went like it went on like that for years. Something I kind of stayed with my friends, and honestly, I didn't take it. I guess I could say I didn't take it very seriously, and that I wasn't, I wasn't very educated. But at least I knew I wasn't very educated. And eventually, I decided yeah. to, to get a bit more serious about it and see what could I really do with my body, just for the sake of, you know, why not? Let's let's see what what's the, what's the best shape that I can possibly get in, and what does that require because, you know, I picked up various things along the way, a lot of things that um, people still kind of, you know, are, are still very commonly believed today. Like, for example, if you want to get lean, you have to do a bunch of cardio or you have to eat a bunch of quote unquote clean or healthy food and you can't eat quote unquote unclean or unhealthy foods. And uh, you should you should be trained certain ways with weights, like really high reps to really feel the burn if you want to bring out the, you know, striations and uh, just, just I, you know, a lot of things like that. And when I really got down to educating myself and learning the kind of like I went to a uh, looked at, I wanted to go learn the first principles. I wanted to learn the under the what are the what are the laws of if we're talking about diet? How does the human metabolism really work? I didn't want to just learn about random fad diets or diets that um, revolve around usually like restricting or emphasizing one particular food or one type of food over another. Again, I wanted to understand the um, machinery of the body and, and then from there, turn that into more practical kind of guidelines. And so um, that was probably about six or seven years into my fitness journey, I guess. And at that point, I, I looked okay and I had made decent progress simply because I was consistent and it's you know, years and years of consistent work is going to produce something. Um, but it wasn't exactly what you'd expect for like 1500 plus hours of, of exercise. And, um, and so, yeah, from there I educated myself and went first and foremost to just the scientific literature. And that was particularly fruitful on the dietary side of things because, um, we have over a century of metabolic research now that is just, you know, easily accessible. And, and because of, the amount of not only clinical trials, but the amount of reviews and meta-analyses that are out there, 
you really don't have to do that much reading to, to get a good general understanding of what matters most in terms of, you know, losing weight, maintaining weight, gaining weight, um, and, and also even breaking that down into losing fat and not muscle, gaining muscle, and not fat and so forth. And on the training side of things, it's a bit more complicated. The science is a bit more contradictory and it's, it's more nuanced, but there are a handful of, um, books that I started with that broke it down in a, in a pretty straightforward manner and made arguments that really spoke to me in terms of the importance of focusing on strength training over everything else, as opposed to more traditional, I'd say like quote unquote bodybuilding training. And so from that point, um, again, that was probably year seven ish so over the next three to four years of educating myself and then putting what I had learned into practice, I was able to dramatically transform my physique. Um, I was able to lose a lot of body fat and get very lean and then, and then subsequently actually stay very lean. Um, but also put on a fair amount of muscle in the right places on my body that, that gave me the, the type of look, I guess, that most guys are going for. Um, I, I don't think I look like a bodybuilder per se. I'd say maybe a little bit more like a, you know, athlete or fitness model kind of look. And um, yeah. so from there, that was kind of my personal transformation. And then I decided to start educating other people. And I'd already been, I'd always been interested in writing. So um, I thought that would that'd be a good place to start. And, you know, that was 2012 when I wrote my first book. And um, it's been kind of a, a rocket ride, I guess, since. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised because you have so much great information in the book. You know, one of the questions that I have has to do with, with a woman and her curve. So I'm curvy. I like it. And my fear is if I do too much, I'm going to lose, you know, because you end up, you can't just lose weights. There's no, excuse me, in spot reducing, right? There's no yeah. such thing as spot reducing. So if I want to get leaner right, right. overall, then there goes the boobs, there goes the butt, there goes, you know, it seems like. Yeah. Um, so what do you say to that? Because I'm, I'm at this point where I'm definitely not as lean as I'd like to be, but I, I don't want to lose weight right now. I just want to firm up but I don't want to get too lean. So like, how do you, how do you access all that? Cause I think there's other women out there, especially now because curves are very popular and I know it shouldn't just be because they're popular, mm -hmm. but I like mine. So <laughs> what do you say? Yeah. 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 And you know, if to, to, to give just a hundred percent honest answer is it kind of depends on your sure. body. Genetics are going okay. to, are going to play a big role in that, especially if you're talking about boobs, that is very much yes. a genetic thing. Some women, um, are, you know, we'll, we'll get very lean and, and yeah, they may lose a little bit of size, but not very much while other women will lose more than they want to. Um, but as far as butt goes that you can manipulate through training. Oh, so, cool. um, you know, like you can, you can definitely, let's just say that, you know, I've worked with thousands and thousands of women over the years, um, via the internet virtually right now. It's, in touch with a lot of women uh, over the course of really they're like in some cases it is multiple years now and um, mm. you can definitely like the look that most women it seems to, 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 to resonate best with most women is about let's say 18 to 20 percent body fat with anywhere from 15 to probably 20 pounds of muscle in the right places and, and that yeah. for most women seems to be, um, the sweet spot because at 18 to 20% body fat, you're not super shredded. You're not, you know, you, you don't, you don't have, um, veins coming out everywhere. Uh, but you have, uh, clear abs and, and again, depending on your genetics, it might even be as much as like a six pack, but you're going to have clear stomach definition. You're going to look tight. You're going to have muscle definition, uh, in your arms. 
And you also, though, are going to have enough fat to have boobs and, and to have a butt. And then again, in the case of butt, you can also, you can kind of manipulate that through training. So, you know, in my program for women, it is more lower body centric than upper body, whereas my program for men has uh, more work on the upper body than the lower body. We're not neglecting the lower body, but the reality is for most women, you are going to have, you're going to be happy with your upper body faster than your lower body for most women. It's going to take more work to get the lower body that you want than the upper body. And for, for men, it's usually the way around. Most guys are going to be happy with their lower body development sooner than their upper body. So you have to kind of program for that. Um, but with, yeah. with the butt in particular, like in my program for women, you're, you're training it three days a week. Two days uh, are, are kind of more indirect. Well, I wouldn't say indirect, but you're, you're doing things like squatting and you're doing glute-specific training. And um, that's about the most you can get away with as a natural weightlifter is, you know, taking a major muscle group and training it two to three times a week um, is, is, is a lot. And you can do it as long as it's set up correctly. More than that probably becomes a bit counterproductive. So in your case, the question would be, um, I, I would be curious to see like what you would think if you were at about 20% body fat and you had trained in a, in a way that's specific to the body that you want. Now, for example, if you're talking about your chest, training the, the chest muscles can help a little bit because uh, the, the fat is on top of the muscle, so it can kind of move it up yes. a little bit and perk it up a little bit, um, but that is harder to you're not going to be able to influence that as significantly as you can influence your butt, for example, um, where you can be, you know, very, very lean and actually have a very round and noticeable butt simply because it's, it's muscle. Um, so, yes. so yeah, I mean, that's, again, yes. I would say you have to kind of, you know, see how does your body respond. And the good thing about it also is the worst case scenario is let's say you were to do that and you were to get to 20% body fat, which again, if you're like most women is probably where you would, you would, you you know, as far as just pure body fat percentage goes, my guess is, you know, that's that you'd be pretty happy with that. And then you have to assess your body and you have to look, and you have to be like, you know what, honestly, um, I don't like that. I don't have enough boobs <laughs> at 20%. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go up a bit. <laughs> I'm going to go up, I'm going to go up to 22% yeah. and I'm going to see. And, 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 and so then, you know, over, over time, you eventually find your sweet spot and, and you go, okay, cool. This is where I am happiest with everything. Um, and then, and then the game is, of course, you can maintain it. And then you look at how can you improve very specific things. So at least you are keeping it interesting. You're not just kind of going through the motions every day because that does get a bit boring. Yeah, that is true. All right. Well, I want to jump into some of these. You have so much great information, as I mentioned. Okay, I love this. The five biggest fat loss myths and mistake. The first one is watching calorie intake is unnecessary. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so I know this is this is pretty trendy these days, and I understand yeah, from a marketing perspective, yeah, it makes sense to kind of be one contrarian. Like contrarian uh, positioning is always good marketing because it gets people's attention. And this also plays into what people want to hear and what they want to believe um, because tracking calories is annoying. Uh, if, you know, if you're going to yeah. use, even if you use an app like MyFitnessPal, it's still kind of annoying. And in meal sure. planning can be kind of annoying. It, it can also be a little bit confusing if you don't know what you're doing with meal planning. And um, it also generally means a little bit less variety in your diet. But the long story short is there's something called energy balance. This is kind of a technical term, a scientific term. And it refers to the relationship between the amount of energy 
that you are eating. Um, and the, and this energy is, is measured in calories or kilocalories, right? That's how we generally measure, measure it versus the amount of energy that you are burning. And that relationship is, is called energy balance. So your body in its natural state, assuming that there's nothing particularly wrong with your metabolism or hormones, it basically wants to maintain a neutral state of energy balance. It doesn't really want to gain weight. It doesn't really want to lose weight. It kind of just wants to stay the same. So if you're eating relatively unprocessed, nutritious foods, and you just kind of listen to your natural hunger and satiety cues. So you eat when you're hungry and you eat until you're satisfied. You don't stuff yourself. Uh, if you do that, and, and anybody that has done that over time, you probably notice that your weight doesn't really change. It probably fluctuates, let's say, anywhere from one to three pounds, and that's it. And, and that's good. That's how your body's meant to work. Now, if you want to lose weight, and of course, when I say lose weight, really what I mean is if you want to lose fat, and all body fat is, is, is it's just energy stores for your body to tap into when it doesn't have energy from food, you're going to have to restrict that energy intake. You're going to have to, again, scientists refer to this as a state of negative energy balance, which means that you are going to have to intentionally give your body a bit less energy than it's burning. Now, if your body didn't have a way to get the energy that it needs. So again, let's put real numbers on it. Let's say just for a simple sure. number, let's say you're burning about 2000 calories a day. That's how much energy it, you are burning because it requires energy to just stay alive. Every organ in your body, of course, requires energy to just operate. The brain requires a lot of energy. So if you were just to lay in bed all day, you're still burning a fair amount of energy. <laughs> and then of course you add on top of that physical activity, right? So exercise, but not just exercise, every physical activity, walking around, even fidgeting, right? So there's research that shows that some people are just very high activity types and they're always kind of moving. They're always, you know, if they're reading something, they're, they're, they're bobbing their leg or they're playing with their hands. Um, and, and this expresses itself in many ways. And that actually can add up to quite a significant amount of energy every day. Like in some, re in some studies, they've shown that uh, that alone in some people is like three to 500 calories a day, just kind of fidgeting and just, just moving around. Right. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah. if we put, if we just want to put a simple, a simple number on it, right. Let's just say it's 2000 calories. Let's say that's what you're burning uh, in a day and you ate 1,500 calories. So your body was short 500 calories for the day. If it didn't have a way to get that energy that it needed, it would, you, we would just die because, of course, our cells, they need a constant supply of energy. They can't just sit around and wait. Like, everything can't just shut down and go, well, um, we don't have any energy from, you know, food. We ate food like three hours ago, and we're done processing that. So, you know, where's the energy going to come from? Of course, the body's primary source of energy is, is body fat. When, you, when you're not, when it doesn't have energy from food, it goes to body fat. So, when you underfeed your body by, let's say, 500 calories in, let's say, a 24-hour period, most of that energy is going to have been pulled from body fat. So essentially what has happened is in that 24-hour period, you have a little bit less body fat because your body had to go to its body fat stores to obtain the, let's say, 500 calories, give or take, that it didn't get from food. And then when you rinse and repeat that day after day, that is, of course, what adds up to fat loss over time. And when you look at it day by day, it's not that much. You know, uh, uh, a pound of fat contains approximately 3,500 calories, and it actually requires quite a bit more. Uh, you have to burn quite a bit more than that to actually lose a pound of fat. 
But my point is, this, these changes are, are, are pretty small, so you don't see them day to day. And again, that is an indisputed fact of science. Every clinical trial that you can find on PubMed that demonstrated significant weight loss uh, relied on the manipulation of energy balance. It, it requires an energy deficit. There's just no other way to do it. And some diets that are highly restrictive, for example, just force you to be in that caloric deficit. You know, if you're not allowed to eat half of the foods that you actually like to eat, and if you have to eat foods that are relatively low in calories, but relatively high in volume, so they're very filling, you are naturally going to eat quite a bit less and you are naturally going to be underfeeding your body. Um, so that's, that's why we can never get around the fact that calories matter. Now, a calorie is not a calorie in the sense of when we look at it in terms of body composition, not all calories are the same. Yes, that's true. But if, if we are going to gain control of our weight and if we're going to really know how to lose weight uh, or maintain weight or gain weight as desired, we have to understand energy balance and how it affects the body and how we can use it as a tool as opposed to having it work against us or work mysteriously. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Now, there's some other mistakes in here. People have to get the book. You've got uh, Myth and Mistake, Chasing Fat Diets, Doing Tons of Reps Brings Out Muscle Definition, uh, Trying to Spot Reduce Fat, which I mentioned earlier. Let's jump into the thinner, yep. leaner, stronger workout routine. Give us an idea of what we gals will be doing. Yeah, so it is really what it, it's in the in the in weightlifting lingo. It's kind of like a push pull legs program. If people have heard of that type of programming, where you're working your push muscles, which is um, obviously like your upper body. It's your pecs, it's your triceps, it's your shoulders. You're working your pull muscles, your biceps, your back, and and you're working your lower body, your legs. And it's, it's a strength training type of program. It's not a hardcore strength training program in that I'm not asking women to, to lift tremendous amounts of weight, but it is a lot heavier than most women are used to lifting because many women that get into resistance training of any kind usually are told that, you know, you're supposed to use very little weight and you're supposed to just do a lot of reps because if you do anything else, you're going to get bulky, right? So that's the, mm. um, the, probably the primary concern, at least in my experience, of women who are getting into resistance training. Yes, they want to have muscle definition. They want to have muscle tone. They want to be lean. They want to have curves, but they don't want to be bulky. And I understand. And the um, I think it's worth just, just, just talking on that just for a minute because oh, sure. the key here is because bulkiness does not come from, um, well, first, let's just say that Strength training, the reason why I'm focusing on strength training and why I want women to focus on strength training, one of the reasons, and at least in terms of body composition, is it's the most effective way to gain muscle. It just is. And there's that's a whole other discussion if we wanted to get into the science of that. But if you want to gain, this applies to men too, if you want to gain muscle as quickly as possible, then you want to be focusing the majority of your efforts on strength training. And that involves exercises that are difficult, exercises that involve multiple joints, multiple major muscle groups, right, called compound exercises. Uh, so like, for example, the squat is a great exercise, difficult exercise, whether it's a barbell on your back or a barbell in front of you, the barbell squat is a strength training exercise. The deadlift, where you're picking a barbell up off of the ground, it sounds simple, it's hard. <laughs> and it involves <laughs> pretty much every major muscle group in your body, you have stuff like the bench press and the overhead press. 
Now, again, many women, when they hear these things, they think, well, isn't that more like what guys are supposed to be doing because guys want the big muscles? And yes, that is true. That is what guys should be doing uh, if guys want big muscles. But it's also what women should be doing because women need to gain muscle as well. And they need to gain muscle in the right places to have the look that they want. And coming back to the bulkiness point now, gaining muscle is not what makes women bulky. What makes women bulky is having too high of a body fat percentage. So if your body fat levels are too high and you start adding muscle, then yes, you can start to get that kind of bulky, just bigger look because of course, muscle does have size. And if you're adding, if you, if you take a woman who maybe is, um, her, her body fat is already higher than she would like it to be. And you start adding muscle, uh, underneath the body fat, of course, now she just looks bigger. And that's, that's not the goal. I, I haven't met very many women that say, I just want to, I just want to be bigger. Um, however, if you add muscle in the right places and reduce body fat, now all of a sudden it, the, the whole landscape changes. Now you don't get bulky. That's how you get that kind of athletic, I wouldn't say muscular, but it's more like a lean toned because for a woman to truly look muscular, to be like low body fat, high amounts of muscle mass, it takes a tremendous amount of work. I mean, it takes years, I would say three to five years of really deliberate, dedicated, hard work for a woman to truly look bulky if she also has a relatively low body fat percentage. And again, I keep on coming back to this 20% level because that is generally the level where, you know, like when you, most, most high level athletes, for example, or I can't say most, but many high level athletes have a body fat percentage of let's say 16 to 18 to maybe 20%. That's that athletic or uh, look. And when your body fat is, is relatively low and you add again, coming back to that number, most women, if you add 15 to 20 pounds of muscle in the right places, and a lot of that is in the lower body. So a lot of that's going to be in the, uh, in the legs, it's going to be in the glutes. And then a fair amount is also going to be in the upper body, in the arms and the shoulders and the back. And you combine that with that lower level of body fat percentage, not in there's, there's no woman that looks bulky with that combination. Yeah. And you can get there not to like the bodybuilding competition level where you have to spend, like you said, three to five years, but you don't have to spend a ton of time because you're doing the higher up. So in the last few minutes, talk to us about the time commitment for this to get to that 20% and to get that extra muscle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would say for, for, and this is again, now I've worked with thousands of people. Let's say that sure. uh, in my experience, most women can go from um, wherever they are. I mean, even, even, even women that start out very overweight or, or in some cases very underweight can go from that to the type of body that they've always really wanted in, let's say, their first year to two. And, and the reason, I know it's a big range, but I would say um, sure. if, you're, if you're starting out in a normal place as a woman, you're not particularly overweight, you're not underweight, you just look totally normal. I would say a year of hard work is, is genuinely enough. It does, again, d- depend on how well your body responds to the resistance training because there is variability there, and that's just genetic. Um, but if, if you respond fairly well, let's say it's a year of three to five hours per week. That's it. It's not a, you don't, you know, you don't need to be in the gym two hours oh, a day, six, bad. seven days a week. You don't have to be doing tons of cardio. You, cardio is good for you, and, and I do recommend it under certain circumstances, but I would much rather see people focus their efforts on strength training because strength training delivers a lot of the same cardiovascular benefits 
and metabolic benefits as cardio, but it also provides the body composition benefits and other benefits even related to like, you know, longevity um, that you don't really get from cardio. So three to five hours per week, um, let's say a year, a year to, to a year and a half. And most women are, are super happy with their body at that point. And of course, humans being humans, we're never satisfied, <laughs> regardless of what we have. <laughs> is that we always now have to go exactly. for the next thing. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. But, but yeah, that's, that's, I'd say that's, that's generally, and, and for someone that wants to be like, oh my God fit, that wants to be ready to go on a fitness, uh, on a cover of a fitness magazine, let's say realistically, probably three to, to five years. All right. Wow. Well, there is so much great stuff. We only just skimmed the surface. Again, the book is Thinner, Leaner, Stronger, The Simple Science of Building the Ultimate Female Body. Michael Matthews. Michael, tell us all the places we can find you and your great work on social media. Yeah. So uh, I guess my, my central hub is my website, muscleforlife.com. And that's just musclelife.com. And then on social media, you can find me on Instagram, muscleforlifefitness and um, muscleforlife on, on Facebook and also muscleforlife on Twitter. Although I'm, I'm not, I'm not too big on social media, honestly, but, um, but I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and last question, do you work with people via Skype? I like, I want to bring you into my home and have you help me. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if that's something you can I, do. I mean, or how does that I work? Actually, I actually do have a coaching. I have a coaching service, but I don't coach oh, wow. people myself. I work with coaches. I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to, you know, after, if you have questions, I'd be happy to help you out. But the only reason why I don't do it myself is, well, it would be fun to spend my time just, you know, talking with people and, and, and helping them through uh, their, their, you know, various, uh, obstacles and, and, and whatever. It's just, I have so many other things between, cause I don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm working on new book projects. I also have, um, oh, great. I have, a, I have a supplement company as well. And so, you know, it's just, I, I can't, I just don't have the time to do it myself. And so that's why I set up though a service where I, I've trained coaches and, um, and, you know, we've worked now with hundreds of hundreds of people of all ages and oh, circumstances. That's fantastic. And we have some, we have some really, really cool success stories actually, because it's not just about, you know, losing some fat and gaining some muscle and getting abs or something like that. But it really, it really, you know, when, when people get into really good shape, it, it inevitably just changes their entire life for the better. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that is so true. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to Talk Fitness today. You can find this show and Talk Healthy today if you go to itsyourhealthwithlisadavis.com. Check us out on social media, Talk Fitness, the number two day on Twitter and Snapchat. Thanks for listening and stay well. This episode of Talk Fitness was produced by The Vitamin Shop, where trusted health enthusiasts help you thrive every day. Visit one of 800 stores across the country or head to vitaminshop.com for all your wellness needs.